Welcome back, everybody, to the We Only Do One Take podcast. It's the only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. I am Turch, and with me is my co-host, the CEO, the man that likes both country and western. It's Kieran. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very, very good, Turch. And we're T-minus, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday... Three days to ruckus. Three days to ruckus. This is like the first gig I've been to this year, I think. Really? I can't even think. Who who else have we seen this year? I, I don't know. But the point is, Turch, I'm really excited for you to come and see ruckus. Not just the band ruckus, but the eclectic nature that is the St. Andrews pub. Well, I think th- I'm more excited about the St. Andrews pubs. It, the Kieran used to live in the country yeah. in a place called St. Andrews and it had a pub. <laughs> Which is basically it's had a to pub fame and a post office and a post office, and then Kerry worked at the post office, and if you went down to collect your mail because there was no letterboxes, yeah, you had to go to the post office, yeah. Um, oh, and it had a school and tennis courts. Well, you know, that, and a fire station. All important. Well, that's where you did your fire. Uh, well, that's where I was a firefighter. Where you were an arson apprentice, yeah. or something. But Kerry, you'd walk into that uh, that post office, and Kerry knew everything that was happening in town. She'd read the mail. Yeah. <laughs> Kerry, you would walk in there and it would take you an hour to get out of that that shop. I do I do like wasting time yeah. sometimes, uh, especially while I'm at work. Kerry knew that my dad was not supposed to eat pies because of his, his cholesterol and, and that my mum wouldn't let him eat pies. <laughs> but she knew not to tell my mum. That's the kind of lady Kerry was. She was an upstanding lady. Yeah. She, want, she wanted to know everyone's business, but not... Be part of everybody's business. But also gossip when required. Yes. Well, it's important yeah. to sort of do that. Uh, but we are going to see a live music act yeah. at the St. Andrews Pub. Ben, you, you've, you've, you're you you've spruiked yeah. to me pr- plenty of times. And now that you're giving me a lift there, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm coming along. <laughs> uh, the lift has now sealed the deal. Well, you know, you've got to sweeten it sometimes. <laughs> you've got to sweeten it sometimes, you know. I realise not everyone has my appreciation for country and western. I understand for some individuals it's... You, you say that, but I've played country and all western music at a show. Maybe you have. I don't really listen to you when you play. <laughs> you just get drunk. I just get drunk and Maybe I'm talking to your someone. Your appreciation for ruckus is the same for the appreciation. <laughs> you know what? You came up to... We were just outside before and I was showing you how to play like two chords on guitar. Yeah. The G and the C, which yeah. is pretty much a lot of country songs. Uh-huh. And then you jokingly said to me, hey, play classical gas. And I sort of remembered how to play at least a little bit of the... Uh, chorus melody hmm. and you go to me actually you're pretty good at this thing and I'm like oh thanks buddy <laughs> <laughs> it's only been 20 years of playing and uh, and I've seen you multiple times you've seen me multiple times but yeah I've been pretty much drunk <laughs> so it doesn't really count I remember the, the last gig background music I could be replaced <laughs> with a with a, uh, a Spotify playlist I remember Jess singing at the Heathcote Brewery mm. And going, oh, wow, she's pretty good. And then continuing to drink a lot of beer. <laughs> that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. And me just orchestrating the band, playing guitar, singing back out. And back there was a the yodel band. contest. Oh, yeah, we had a bit of that. Yeah. That was good fun. Yeah. We got a few people up for that. Someone yeah. won a beer. Yeah. It was That's... rigged. I lost. Well, it was audience participation. Nah, was audience rigged. participation. Boo! Oh, Kieran, I've got a, got a bit of a rant for you. I know you've got a rant. Oh, actually, rant. fuck you. I'm going first. Oh, please start it up. I've got, a, I've got a rant. I saw Tim Dillon on the weekend. 
Oh, fucking amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing comedian. Really great. He, does he believe the earth is flat? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. The, I was at the Palais. Oh, yeah. Nice so I'm in St. Kilda, St. Kilda. Yeah. having dinner beforehand and going, wow, the people in St. Kilda are not my people. No, they're very much... Northern suburbs of Australia, of, of, of Victoria, northern suburbs of Melbourne, is big on the on pot mm-hmm. and boobs. Mm-hmm. And as you go more east and more south, you really go into full drug territory, like yeah. full coke and speed territory. Is that what you mean? Oh, that too, and then just a lot of weirdos and yeah. naughty farty people. And Have I ever told you the story about when I took Reb to St Kilda? No. So we, this is a couple of years ago now, and Reb's a pretty young, naive, lovely man. Bit naive. Yeah. And yeah. we went to... If uh, he saw two gentlemen going into the bathroom, he would probably just think, oh, they're there to suck <laughs> each other's cocks off rather than doing a line of coke. Well, you know. We were, uh, I bought the first round and then he's like, oh, I'm going to take a piss uh-huh. and I'll, I'll, I'll get the second round of beers. Like, How good's this? Yeah. You know? So he goes to the bathroom, buys two beers, brings back, goes, oh, bathroom, there was a bit of a line. I go, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, but not for the urinals, though. But lots, everyone must have been taking a shit. <laughs> and I went, oh, oh, dude. <laughs> oh, dude, they were all doing coke. This <laughs> is a Gilda. Yeah. And he's like, oh. And I could just see, like, the innocence deplete from <laughs> his... <laughs> Amazing. Deplete from his face. But that's okay. Everyone has to learn eventually. So I saw, I was at the Palais, saw Tim Dillon. I like the Palais. Palais is good. Now, the seats we had, we were row O. That's not far back. It's like... Uh, it's, it's, it's not near the front, but it's not near the back, but yeah. it's all right. It's all right. Sort of closer to the front than the middle, front, middle. Middle, middle-ish. Yeah, middle-ish. The amount of people that... I was like, I don't like this section. Because yeah. the amount of people throughout the show that just kept getting up to go get drinks or to go to the bathroom, it really annoyed me. Where were you, were you sort of like the Palais sort of has three like? Three so I wasn't in the middle section. I was on the the left section. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've I've been to the Palais a number of times, and this is never I've never been distracted well, by this. I think it might be because people. It's a comedy show. Yeah. Whereas a gig, you don't want to miss a song. Uh-huh. But I didn't get that because at a comedy show, you'd want to hear every joke. Yeah. And did he have support? He had a... So it started at seven. Yeah. The 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 pre-Tim Dillon maybe went for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was on... What's that? Seven... It started a bit late. So let's say he was on at 7.30. We were out of there by 8.30. Oh, wow. So it wasn't a long... No. It's like... Maybe an hour and a half total. Yeah, but I was just distracted by yeah, the amount of people that had to had to get up and leave their seats. But but even before that, it's not like- people not reading their ticket. The amount of people around me before the show started that we just went to the wrong row yeah. and were like, "You're in my seat." They have ushers there though at the palais that sort of tell you. We were sitting down, and two they- groups tried to tell us that we were in the wrong seat. <laughs> Two, two different groups. I'm like, we are in row O. The, we are in our seat numbers. Yes. You have somehow fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't fucked up. You, you fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> yeah. I do like telling pe- people, like, oh, that's my seat. And then it's like, no, it's definitely not. And then some some idiot 
turns up in our row because I was like, this is great. We've got an extra extra seat empty between the next next person. Yeah, this yeah. is great. And then about, uh, not halfway, but not three quarters, but halfway between halfway and three quarters, mm. turns up for the show. Mm-hmm. I'm going, what are you doing here? So wait, in, into Tim Dillon's Into set. Tim Dillon's set, So he's yeah. like, uh, out of a 40, if, uh, an hour... Basically um, turned up at... 20 at, minutes in. Uh, at eight o'clock. <laughs> halfway through his set. Yeah. I don't understand why people would spend... I don't know how much it's in, but probably, at least probably about 70 bucks. Yeah, 70, 80 dollars. You know, it. Why would you spend that amount of cash and then not go... Like, like I, I saw... I've seen Primus at the Palais and their support act was the Dean Ween group, mm-hmm. right? And I've never heard of the Dean... Like, never heard any Dean Ween songs. And I don't like to listen to... If I'm going to go see a show, I don't like to listen to any of the records prior to going. Like, I've seen, like I love Primus. And I listen to all their records. But before the show, I'm like, I'm not going to listen to it because if I because if I listen to it, I'll get sick of them yeah. before I go. You want it fresh. I want to like, oh, look at this, amazing, it's great. So I didn't I didn't listen to any of the Dean Wing group, but I still go watch. I still get there early, so even though I've got seats to watch the support acts because that's how I find new bands. Because if I like Primus, new and exciting bands, yeah. If I like Primus, I'm gonna like who's supporting them because Primus would like. Primus likes them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've done that to many a band. Hmm. And I'm always there early. I'll sit there with my beer and enjoy myself. And then when Primus did songs, I was very excited. And I dug it up and danced a lot. Because they're awesome. Because Primus are awesome. But no one sits in their seats when they're playing. There, Everyone's standing yeah, up yeah, and dancing around. Like, this is a comedy show. You sit down. Yeah, you don't want to get heckled, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Unless you're into that. Like, you know, Just a lot of people it, getting up and moving around. Imagine going to a comedy show because your fetish is getting heckled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that would just be like you have to buy comedy tickets. I, I almost wanted to move to the very front because there was these two empty seats, and Tim Dillon had made the things like, "Ah, oh, look at these losers who haven't turned up." And I'm like, "Do I then just sort of like sneak in and sit down?" Because then you could almost go, "I'm just going to sit on like, oh look, he finally arrived." Like, oh no, I'm no, back no, there. I was back there, yeah, but now I'm, I'm up here, run. free real estate. <laughs> If you like that sort of, you know, yeah. that's what you like. I know that um, Billy Joel, he doesn't sell the front, like, two or three rows of really? any show. Uh, because it's always like, you know, the people that can afford Billy Joel tickets are always like, you know, 60-year-old boomers or whatever. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, I can spend $600 a ticket to sit at the front of Billy Joel. Yeah, because gold's gone up $15,000 yesterday. Yeah. yeah, You know, oh, I might as well sell a little bit to go see Billy Joel. And he actually gets like people that sit like bought tickets at the back oh. who got, come early, yeah. And he gets like people to bring them and sit them at the front because they're still obviously big fans, yeah. But you know they can't like, might not be able to afford the most expensive ticket. Oh, that's very nice of Billy Joel. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good, that's a that's a really good way to ensure that you keep your fan base, yeah, forever. Because someone's gonna say, oh, I bought like really cheap tickets, and he moved me up the front. The only time that didn't work for me hmm. was when I saw Eric Clapton. I'm, I've told, probably told this story a million times on the show. But I went to Eric Clapton. We bought tickets. They were, even at the back, like the nosebleed section of yeah. Rod Laver was like $100, $150, which was a lot of money like eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 15 years ago for tickets, mm-hmm. right? But I went with my dad because he wanted to see Eric Clapton too. 
And then we got moved. The nosebleed boy sections at Rod Laver is not that bad, actually. But it's still right at the back. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, but it's not the worst no, no, out no, of no, all no, the venues of being in a nosebleed section. But then section. we got yeah. moved from that section there to... They're like, oh, we've got... Like, you know, someone came up to us and was like, oh, if you want, we've got these two free t- spare seats. If you, if you, you know, you two want to move closer... And we're like, yeah. And they sat us just behind the mixing desk at Ron, mm-hmm. Ron Laver, which is like the best spot, in my opinion. Because that's where the guy's listening, doing all the... And he could see everything and what's coming. I like it, anyway. So you could nerd out. You could nerd out. Yeah. But those tickets moved us from one spot to another, and those tickets went up $200 a seat. So we, you know... But then, like, he was shit. So fuck Eric Clapton. Yeah, well, there you go. You know. Um... That's what that's what happens when you follow your father's musical tastes. Ah, uh, my dad's pretty good. He likes Queen. He likes Led Zeppelin. You know, he likes Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Kind of I'm getting him. I'm, I've actually gotten him into more bands than like he's a big Zappa fan now because oh, of me. Good. Dead City Ruins. He does like Dead City Ruins. Oh, actually. good, good man. Is he yeah. coming to the Kiss concert? No, but where uh, Dead City Ruins no, are but, supporting but, Kiss. But, but Jess's parents are. We're oh, actually, Jess's parents are going to see Kiss, and I'm going to go see Dead City Ruins. The most, which is our mates' band. Yeah, uh, the most expensive ticket I've ever paid for his show. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I've been out of all of us to the most shows of his. I remember going like everyone had seen him play a number of times, and I saw Trage play in cover bands before I saw him play in Dead City Ruins. And I remember being at uh, the Northcote Social. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're waiting for, you know, the band sort of starts. And I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, just another, like you, just another band, whatever, yeah. you know. No, and then their lead singer um, just fucking starts singing. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, this is like a fucking amazing band. You know what's even crazier? They got rid of that singer. Yeah. And they've got another singer who's 10 times better. Yeah. And like the fucking notes he can hit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dead City Ruins, check them out there on Spotify. Their new track is called The Preacher with a new album coming out this year. It's going to be fantastic. Probably going to be my favourite album of the year, but there's a lot of competition this year. Mm. Ghost put out a new album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Primus just released a couple of new tracks. Yep. Jack White's album is not very good. Yep. <laughs> so I don't recommend that. I'm excited to see what Ruckus' new songs we'll are see what Ruckus, on the weekend. What Ruckus is. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, going back to the office. Oh, shit. Uh, Victoria is slowly yet surely discovering that life can go back to normal. Because we're not there yet. I'll tell you why we're not there yet. Because I can work in an office next to people all day. No issues. I can go to restaurants. I can go to cafes. I can walk around the city. I can go into an elevator. All of these tasks I can do without wearing a mask. But as soon as I go onto public transport, that's when the mask becomes mandatory once again. And I fail to see the point (laughs) of wearing a mask on public transport. I we're still like even on in Ubers. You still have to wear a mask. I don't know if you knew that. I, I, I appreciate the mask. I can understand the mask rule in Uber. That is that man's car. He meets a shit ton of people. Yeah. And they're in their car for God knows how long, breathing on them. Uh, I, I get that. I get that. But you can't even sit at the front seat of an Uber. Well, actually, Uber uh, 
Uber Carpool. Yeah. I just got the email today saying... It's back? It's back. And oh. I'm like, well, you can't... Now, you have to not wear a mask anymore. Who gives... If I can sit next to a random person in someone else's car, what's the point of a fucking mask? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But um, congratulations. You're catching public transport. And are you actually... Look, are people wearing masks on public transport? Uh, I gotta admit, uh, or are they a lot of chin diapers? Um, it's it's uh it's been really fifty fifty. Okay, I find that in the morning mm-hmm. when I catch the train early in the morning, seventy five percent of people are wearing masks, and then when I catch the train train home, it's a solid fifty fifty. Got it. But here's the annoying thing about the masks. Backed by science, microplastics. Sorry, I'm not going to talk about masks. I'm just going to talk about microplastics for a Ooh, second here. Okay, are in our bodies, and how much do they harm us? So this only recently came out, and I'm going to summarize a whole bunch of articles that I found, with surgeries being back on the menu across the board for all these countries. Hmm. Uh, especially doing stuff with the heart and the lungs and all that sort of stuff again. They're doing all these tests, all this, and they're finding that more and more and more people have micro particles of plastics in their lungs Ooh. more than ever before. I wonder how that happened. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't know. I don't know if there's a link. You're between a theorist. <laughs> I'm just trying to... I see two things and I go, maybe they're connected. I'm going to assume that the plasticated mask that everyone has been wearing for two years, that mandatory just to leave your fucking house, to walk the dog, to do anything that relates to living your life, that that might have a correlation. It might not be the causation, but there's, you know, there's definitely a correlation between the amount of microplastics, which definitely has been found to shrink your dick size and stop you from having erections and make you produce less testosterone. Mm. All of those are fact already. Mm-hmm. This pre-pandemic, we found that out. All of those. Been, and now they're saying, oh, we're also destroying your lungs. Now, I don't know about you, Kieran, but I've also heard that COVID destroys your lungs. When you have it. So maybe, I'm just going to say that maybe wearing the masks contributed to people suffering longer Uh, (laughs) by having COVID. Church, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Please do. I'm going to be against you. It's it's because of Lego Master or whatever it is on Channel 10. (laughs) Please explain. All these adults are now playing Lego. Well, that's something. And Lego and, and... Church, as a kid, did you not chew on those Lego pieces? No, I loved my Lego. I cherished it. Did you? What kind of is chewing your Lego? Well, I don't know. Like I have, I have got chewed pieces. Oh, maybe like to like to take the two bits apart. Yeah, maybe think. Yeah, yeah but like you know, like I'm not che- I'm chewing on it like recreationally. No, it's no, like, not, not, not feel like a chew. I'm gonna bubble gum. I'm a bubba. <laughs> yeah, not I'm a that. Bubba or- or a nice, nice uh, four by two by four piece uh, <laughs> Lego, red please today. Yeah, but you got to use your teeth to to get them apart. Ugh. Well, look, uh, the the, uh, the that correlate. 
you can't even talk about th- that sort of stuff with people if you can't. I think masks might have contributed to like to the microplastics, the microplastics in your yeah. body, and my, you know, and people's dicks getting smaller. Not mine, obviously, but people's dicks not getting as hard. Obviously, not mine either. Hmm. But also, people not. Well, you didn't wear to... masks. No, I tried. There avoid... you go. I tried to avoid it as yeah. much as possible. Uh, but it, the fact that you can't really talk about that, and but articles and studies are coming out saying, actually, we should probably look into this just maybe a little bit more. next. Mm. And I really tried to avoid wearing the plasticated mask. I tried to wear the cloth. I know the cloth masks, cloth masks didn't really work, mm. but I just preferred wearing them because of that microplastics crap. Yes, yes. I, I just tried to avoid wearing masks altogether. Uh, another thing I hate mm. is going back into the office. You're feeling the pain. I'm feeling the pain. You've got to get dressed up. You've got to wear at least something. <laughs> I, sorry, I was talking to my um, <laughs> my housemate, which I said, you know which group got fucked over and always continues to get fucked over? Blue-collar workers. Yeah. We go through this pandemic. Yeah. White-collar workers, everyone gets to work from home. Yeah. All right, pandemic ends. Yeah. And then it's you to work from blue-collar home. workers back out in the field. Yeah. White-collar workers... Ah, uh, you can work from home some days, and some days you can go back in. A lot, of, uh, I guess, blue collar. We workers, win out of this. But blue collar workers, I guess, can't really manufacture things at their house. No, they can't. You know, I think it's because of. It, it's more about the the the, the work that uh, a Sparky can't really work from home. No, so I'm fixing your light. Like, <laughs> it's not, not really. Not really. It's not really I'm just the, saying we benefited well, from we did. this pandemic. We, we did. But um, yes, yes. Figuring out what to wear. Well, okay. I don't mind figuring out what to wear because I've got a couple of pairs of chinos, a couple of shirts, yeah. and they all sort of... Mix and match. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They all sort of look good enough together that I can get away with that. Too. But then I forgot. One thing I really forgot that I used to do all the time... Putting on your underwear. No. Yeah. was fucking ironing. Ah, ironing, yeah. <laughs> Have a look at my door, like a back of my all of those shirts there, and the and that and that the. Jeans. I iron on the day. Oh, I no, no, I just build up a pile, uh-huh. and I just. Well, you've got a wife. Get just to iron. They're my clothes. <laughs> I don't iron her clothes. Oh. She doesn't have any clothes that need ironing. Apparently, take it to your mum's house. She loves ironing. Oh, she'll no, iron no, no. for everybody. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell you the story. So my mum ironed my dad's shirts and my shirts when I was, we were kids. Yeah, my mum did the same thing. For like 20 years. My my mum, yeah, we would watch TV. She would have the iron. Yeah. And we would be watching TV and she would be ironing. Well, okay. So fast forward. Yeah. My dad goes, I to my mum, I need this shirt ironed for tomorrow. And my mum goes, I, I don't have time. You just do it. So my dad ironed his own shirt and ironed our shirts for school. Uh-huh. And mum said to him, oh, you know how to iron? I thought you didn't know how to iron. That's why I always did it. He goes, no, I know how to iron. I just don't like doing it. Or mum, mum, how long have they been married? 20 years. 20 he years, got away, right. he got away with 18 years or something. He got away with it. And mum goes, you know how to iron? Well, look, let's do it 50-50 from now on. And dad goes, that sounds great. You go, and my mum well, goes... Hey, right. She's shafting him. She, he's got 18 years of ironing to do. No, that's what she said. She goes, look, I did the first 18 years. <laughs> and you do the next 18 years. <laughs> so he's got another one. They just did their 35th wedding anniversary. Uh-huh. He's got one more year left of ironing. Is he still doing the ironing? He's still, well, he's only... Yeah. 
He's still doing, but now he's only got his own shirts because I don't need mine. <laughs> oh. I should bring it around, actually. I've got you one should. more you year. You are still his son. I've got one more year. Yeah. <laughs> one more year of getting my shirts ironed. But yes, yeah, so he, he, his, his term is almost up. Isn't that amazing? They're going to have to hire someone now to do the ironing. Oh. No, nah, my dad's been working from home quite a bit. He doesn't have as many shirts as. Mm, mm. Uh, no, I, I iron on the day. You iron on the day. See, that, that's just too much effort for me. Really? Well, if I'm going to iron, I'd rather just get like five shirts done. Do you remember when we had Jess and Alice replace us? Yeah. This is very much turning into Jess and Alice Well, let's right talk now. about something different then. <laughs> let's talk about something. Why hasn't the science come up with... I know they have them. Those shirts that don't need to be ironed. Yes, the wrinkle-free. Why haven't they just come tick across the board? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Science, science is... So you always think about science as a kid and you go, science is going to make flying cars and like clothes that won't need to be washed or ironed or things are just going to happen. And then you get to the future of when these things, like, you know, it took 10 years ago, these things. Where are our hoverboards? Where are our fucking hoverboards? Yeah. Oh, it's the parents. They don't like things. Breaking fucking news. Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle, one hour ago, this article came out. Holy shit. Was attacked. On stage in, L- in LA. This is breaking news. Wow. Uh, US stand-up comedian Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage on Tuesday, which is today, you know, today yeah. for us recording, uh, on a performance at the Hollywood Bowl in LA. Um, clips shared on social media showed someone running into the star. Further videos appeared to show that the comic apparently, un- was, uh, apparently unharmed after returning to the stage at the Netflix is a Joke Festival. Chappelle faced criticism, la la la, all that sort of thing. But Dave Chappelle was rushed and attacked on stage by a man at the Hollywood Bowl. Chappelle tussled with the man who ran behind the screen on stage and was surrounded by security. Chris Rock, who performed earlier, came on stage with him and joked, who was that? Will Smith. Ah, that's great. That's fantastic. (laughs) But there you go. So, breaking fucking news. Um, Yeah. Dave Chappelle just got attacked. Speaking of comedy, speaking of being attacked, breaking news, all this thing. This is the brilliance of our show, sometimes, Kieran. It all joins together into some fantastic stuff. Um, well, that man's going to be in fucking prison tonight. No. I'm trying to hit a black man, of course. Uh, tr- yeah. I've got to... Um, Twitter is the place to find... No, don't have anything on Twitter. It's not trending yet. No, not yet. Not yet. It will be. What the fuck is the Met Gala? Oh, that was like the big uh, fashion thing. Apparently, what's her name? Uh, Kim Kardashian wore Marilyn Monroe's dress. And apparently she looked like garbage in it. Oh, I, um... So, you know, that's something. Uh, (laughs) Oh, here we go. Here's some tweets. Nigga came to see Dave Chappelle and almost met Charlie Murphy the same night. Uh, I'll show you this. Dave Chappelle and his security beating dude's legs backstage. (laughs) Uh, Classic. uh, Just classic. Classic Dave Chappelle there. Um, It needs that ring where it says respect. Is that the word? Or something like (laughs) that? Yeah. Uh, I got a story from Italy. Look. look. Home turf. Finally some some good news. Yeah. 
about time uh-huh. that the have you ever heard a good story of that the U.S. Army has ever done any good anything good? The the U.S. Army doing anything good? Oh look! Oh no 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 no! They this... brought Subway and McDonald's to Afghanistan. That's true. Yeah, and they let the Taliban and... take over again. Also a good thing. And Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, look. Seventy-seven years ago. Mm-hmm. A U.S. Army, Ameri- a bunch of American soldiers stole a cake <laughs> from an Italian woman's windowsill. Oh, no. This is real. This is really, yeah. <laughs> this is what this article's about. <laughs> Ma- uh, Mary Mion, who turned 90 on Friday, was just 13 in her village of San Pietro near Vincenza and saw a fight between the U.S. troops and, and German troops. Her mother made her a birthday cake, but it was taken by the opportunistic and presumably hungry Americans. Good. Very funny. Miss Mion said she would share the... Uh, so, what the American... 77 years later, the American US Army came around and got her a replacement cake. <laughs> wow. Uh, we will eat the dessert... <laughs> I mean, just imagine your life. You've moved on. The cake is not in top of mind. What kind of like general has to approve that as well? It's so great. It's so good. Uh, we will eat the dessert with all my family, remembering this wonderful day that I will never forget. The U.S. Army presented the cake at a ceremony on Thursday, alongside members of the military, local officials, and residents. Sergeant Peter Wallace who handed over the dessert, said it was a little awkward to replace the stolen good, but it made me feel great. At the ceremony, Colonel Matthew uh, Gomlack, commander of the US Army Garrison in Italy, spoke of the fight in 1945, all that sort of thing. Uh, it was a warm day, a warm welcome by the pe- people of uh, Vicenza, and it continues to this day. The next morning, uh, her mother made her another cake, um... And they also all sung happy birthday in Italian. Tanti auguri, very exciting. How great's that? How do you sing happy birthday in Italian, Church? Uh, tanti auguri yeah. is happy birthday. Yeah. It's tanti auguri. Yeah. Tanti auguri a te. Uh-huh. To you. Tanti auguri. Person's name. Tanti auguri a te. That's it. Okay. Can I teach you some Italian? Of course. You repeat after me. Uh-huh. Ama. <laughs> Ama. Ama stu. I must do. I must do, Ben. I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> Ma che cazzo? Ah, uh, uh, gabagoo, gabagoo. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you got for us? Well, I've got a couple of stories here. Drone carrying bags of handguns from United States to Canada intercepted by tree. <laughs> oh man, just jumped out at him. <laughs> uh, police say they found eleven illegal guns inside a white shopping bar- bag. On the Canadian side of the border, police officers were contacted on Friday because a large drone stuck a tr- stuck in a tree mm. uh, near a small village on the Canadian side of the river, about 40 kilometres. Uh, when they arrived to investigate, I love how they're being called out to investigate a drone stuck in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a very slow police hello, station. Fi- hello, fire brigade. <laughs> My cat's stuck in a tree. That old cliche that I've never. I don't think they do that. Do That's they- real. That's real. That is real. <laughs> I'm like, nah, they can't. When be I like- first joined the CFA, yeah, 
as a volunteer firefighter. It didn't happen to me, but it happened to one of my friends in one of the other brigades. Her first call out, because we were we were sort of competing about like, oh, what's up? When like well, we're, we're fully gonna, yeah, qualified, full, amazing. We've got our pages with us all the time. Yeah. Like, when is it going to go off? When are we going to go out to our first call? And she won, and her first call out was a cat stuck in a tree. Amazing. Yeah. I see. I wouldn't want to say what my first call out was. <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, it was a, actually a false alarm. <laughs> my yeah, I think mine might have been a false alarm. But I remember being called out because a horse was stuck in a dam <laughs> country problems yeah well you know <laughs> st andrew's pub this saturday <laughs> ruckus the fire department's going out to help a horse stuck in a dam yep that's oh, that's what we're used for simpler times <laughs> simpler times you know um if anyone has information about the drone or the handguns yeah <laughs> they should contact police uh <laughs> Speaking of Canada, Church. Yes. Crimes committed on the moon could be punishable by Canadian law. (laughs) How? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Canada Canada has uh, claimed rights to the moon, Church. Well, no, they, they can't remember. Remember we, I brought in that thing of that guy was selling parts of the moon because no country could lay claim to the moon, but an individual could. He was selling bits of the moon. That's fucking great. So so now Canada is literally committing a war crime. Yeah. <laughs> Canada is amending its criminal code to specifically account for misdemeanors on the lunar surface. NASA looks like it's finally going to bring humanity back to the moon in 2025. What? Yeah. Is it Trump Space Force? They're revamping a lunar exploration and they're reading themselves to that future. Canadian officials say they're prepared to prevent any and all lunar shenanigans. Uh, You know what I like about this idea? Yeah. Let's just say someone gets shanked on the moon Uh and then they're going to send the police CSI up there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Boys, going dust for prints. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, they uh, they want allow to pr- they want to amend so they can prosecute crimes committed by Canadian astronauts during three of Earth scenarios while traveling to the moon from the moon and when they're on the glowing orb itself. Amazing! Imagine like you you're a lawyer, yeah, and the government c- contracts you to help them write new laws, and it's like okay, what do you what what what's the idea? It's like we're gonna write this. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, just in case any of our astronauts d- commit crimes on the moon, we want to have laws in place to prosecute them. And the lawyer must be sitting there thinking either, what the fuck's going on? Or, ka Or possibly or both. both. <laughs> <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. It's pretty and... amazing. Okay, alright. That's, that's Trudeau for you. that's Trudeau for you loves the gays and doesn't like them being misgendered on the moon like that's that's a crime in Canada being misgendering someone is it? I'm pretty sure it is so if you go on there and like you know go up with you know three guys three girls go up on the moon and two of them are out there it's one guy and two girls are doing you know playing golf on the moon or whatever they do up there and they goes hey guys and they're like well we're women so you actually misgendered us now this astronaut's going to get prosecuted. Amazing. Uh, uh, it is amazing. That's, it, that's, real, that's real science. I wonder yeah. who the first person who's going to have sex on the moon. 
Did, wasn't there something about a uh, a lesbian couple that are on the International Space Station had like a, a breakup on there? And they did, like, they broke They so- broke up on the International I'm Space Station. I'm pretty sure Station. there's something about that. There's there is like, no room in the International Space yeah, Station. Yeah, and apparently they wouldn't talk to each other. You can't I'm pretty get sure, away from each I'm other. I'm pretty sure this is real. I'm pretty sure I've heard this before. Who cares whether it's fake or real? <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> well, do you want to hear... Do you want to hear a story? This this is my favourite story of the uh-huh. week. Uh, I, I really like how... Grooming can come in all sorts of forms, right? Wait, we're talking about personal grooming or like grooming... Sex, like, you know, in, in everything, right? Okay. Just, but grooming comes in all sorts of forms. We, we really obviously look down upon people who are grooming ch- children for sex. Yeah. But it's a different thing when you want to groom them to not doing certain things. Like the gr- word grooming is not just strictly used for... Um, for sexual for encounters. Sexual stuff. So... Right. So like, I'll, I'll, so grooming a child to get the parent beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, like yeah. you know to res- like doing like religious things. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like you know, I really become really religious or anything like that. And it's always funny when nature just takes over nurture mm-hmm. because I think nature is like seventy percent of it. Yeah. Whereas nurture is like thirty, and over and as you get older, I think that's where it swaps. But as a kid, like, it's all, it's basically instinct, right? So how's this? So this this article made me really laugh and make me feel like everything that I think is correct. Okay. I wanted my son, so this is written by the person, this yeah. is by the, the dad. I wanted my son to reject masculine stereotypes. Then he fell in love with tractors. <laughs> <laughs> all my life. I prided myself on blurring gender lines, but when my young son started to gravitate towards the very thing I shunned, I wasn't sure what to do. How great is this? Already you're like, oh boy. Oh, you get to see how unhappy this man is. Do you, you take kids to a farm yeah. and they see tractors they or love diggers. It. They love it. I remember being in India. Yeah. And I was like, what are all these school kids doing? And they're all watching... The digger. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I my brother used to like watching my nonno's next door neighbour mow the lawn. Yeah. Like I, I It's I'm doing gonna, shit. I'm gonna put it out there though. Uh I don't know what happened to my Facebook feed, uh-huh. but I saw a video of a guy mowing a lawn in uh, like, Did you get a hard on? And I was like, this is pretty great. And now my Facebook is and my Instagram is full of guys mowing lawns, and I'm like, I'm having a pretty fucking great time. Are you part of it. lawn porn? I should I, I gotta get on to You gotta get on to lawn porn. <laughs> And in fact, Church, you I know, think I've talked about you've ha- got synthetic grass out yeah. there. I'm sure someone can donate some grass for you to mow. I would, you know what? I'm, I'm half considering just buying a lawnmower and offering to mow, mow people's lawns. It's, like I was like, I'm actually gonna. I'm like, that sounds like a pretty fucking. Because I don't mow the lawn at my place. We've yeah, got yeah. Bill. Yeah, but I bet you he fucking loves it. The gardener, but oh my god, when I, I yeah. appreciate the lawn. The yeah, lawn it's, is it's always, great. Yeah, I've been over to your always, place. Good. That lawn is good. After turning two years old, my son, Avishai, started demanding that he only wear... So the kid's only two. Yeah. Uh, wearing tractor t-shirts and my mind spiralled into darkness. This is the, the dad writing. Not the mum, the dad. I catastrophized, uh, catastrophized worst case scenarios, imagining a world where he fell for everything stereotypically male. male. 
I envisioned him on a football field, barreling through mega muscular opponents. What the hell, this guy? <laughs> this guy. Imagine him waxing a sports car on a hot summer's day. That's very weird <laughs> to think of your son waxing a sports car. <laughs> Uh, Gee, I didn't even wax my car. No, no. Who waxes their car? I have always judged the other guys who seemed boxed in by masculinity, but my three, but three and a half years ago, when I became a stay-at-home dad, my bias skyrocketed. So this guy here, who doesn't work, takes care of his kid, who's obviously breaking stereotypes, doesn't want his kids to be bound by stereotypes. This little boy. He's going to be bound by stereotypes. It's just fucking what happens. <laughs> but he's... The kids has got fucking yeah, practice. <laughs> and the dad's like, no! <laughs> Go back to sewing or something. Uh, my son was born in Albany, uh, New York on the bedroom floor of an apartment I shared with my wife. Minutes after his arrival... Fuck, I, hang on. What you, why is he saying I share with my wife? I know. It's very with, weird. With my wife. Yeah, with my wife. Well, it's my wife like, and I have an apartment. Apartment, yeah. Yeah. Uh, minutes after his arrival, we took turns cuddling him against our bare chest. While the midwife and the, her assistant cleaned up, my wife always wanted to joke, even after giving birth, bragged that she had a connection to our new baby that I could never attain because men couldn't bond with babies like women could. No, that's that's 100% true. Yeah. We, like babies The baby needs the, the female... Like, yeah, that's why they... Like, like that's the... why when they have postnatal depression... We're like, holy fuck, that's a real big problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> the baby needs the mum for those six months. <laughs> that's why we allow women to take time off. Yeah. We are not important for six months. Six months, that's yeah. right. Uh, her comment stabbed into me, but I feared she was right. To me, femininity was connected to empathy and kindness, while masculinity equated to being frigid. See, I don't, <laughs> I don't wrong, agree. What's wrong with masculinity? <laughs> this what's guy... I with doesn't like his dad because yeah. my dad and I fucking love each other uh-huh. and it's not gay it's just dads and sons having a relationship I get a text message from my dad today <laughs> yeah right I'm on the way home from work and it says please call me yep <laughs> so I call him yeah and it rings quite a number of times and then he answers it and he goes oh thank you I had sent you that message from my iPad because I couldn't find my phone <laughs> And then, then he answered his phone. And then we ended up talking for the next 15 minutes about tomahawk steaks and the new barbecue rub that he has and how we're going to smoke it and then reverse reverse sear it. Like, that was the conversation for 15 minutes. Uh, I called, called my dad yesterday and I'm like, you're in the, we're both in the office. You're in the office? Yeah. Uh, have, you seen, have you seen this job? You should apply for it. Oh, thanks. What are you guys doing for dinner tonight? I don't know, Dad. (laughs) That was a real... That's... Nothing about that is masculine. That's just... We still love each other. We're still, like, good mates. We're still empathetic. But we're being men about. (laughs) It's some fine lines, you know? Did you have a tractor obsession, Turch? No, I was a Power Ranger. You can tell your therapist. I was a Power Ranger guy. Uh And I liked, like, beating up fake... Have you turned, you've turned 30, haven't you? Yeah, yes. yeah. Can you have like a 31st Power Ranger party? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. I love him. My brother was into Thomas the Tank Engine. He was, ah. the, he was the trains guy. The trains. I yeah. was the ADHD guy. I was like, I need like lots of it. Like, ah, Power Rangers. <laughs> Fighting colors. Japanese monsters. I needed it all. Yeah. My brother was like, ah, very methodical 
trains. The trains. You know? and the trains running on time. And then I just chewed Lego. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, men didn't hug. Men didn't say I love you. Men were angry, aggressive, inept as parents. I be- No, none of this is true. Your dad, maybe. His dad, obviously, was these things. Mm-hmm. My dad wasn't. Your dad wasn't. No. <laughs> My dad was like, hey, let's go do cool shit. My dad took me to soccer. My dad made me play instruments. My dad, like, took me out. Like, let's go do stuff. Let's do shit, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not like, oh, let me love you, like, hugging like a mum. It was like, just by doing stuff, you could see... My dad was my basketball coach yeah. for basically every fucking <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah. And I remember bawling my eyes out because he disciplined me in front of everyone. <laughs> that's right. That, that, that's good parenting. <laughs> this guy did not have a good relationship with his dad, you can tell. I became determined I wasn't going to create a bond stronger... I was going to create a bond stronger than any parent had ever achieved. But I told myself I needed to distance myself from anything deemed masculine. Already this guy is fucking lost. How's this? I immediately cut my hours at my social work gig, taking on a full... My social work? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, no, he was... Sorry. Social worker. Sorry, he was a social worker. Sorry, I thought you meant... He was social at work. I was like, what kind of job is that? It was a social work gig where he was like actually doing stand-up at social (laughs) events. Uh, Taking on the role of full-time caregiver, it made sense sense because my wife made more money and I was accustomed to being around kids. And it was what I did for a living. Every day I fed my son, cuddled him and soothed him. We co-slept and he snoozed with his head resting on my chest listening to the rhythm of my heartbeat. I began to attend Mummy and Me playgroups and uh, bristled when the other caregivers made jokes about me providing daddy daycare. I held resentment so much of society actors dads could not care for their kids, but I too looked at dads that way. So this guy is like, oh, I'm really angry that they're treating me like dads can't take care of their kids. And he would see another dad and go, oh, that guy's not taking care of his kid. I'm like, this guy has more issues. (laughs) There's a reason why, and this is true, when kids are with dads, kids take more risks and yeah. and more opportunity to play and do things. Yeah. G- generally, generally. With mums, it's more controlled Control. and, and, and safer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, sh- I shouted about jokes. I, like, uh, oh, I shouted about jokes about men being able to figure out how to work a diaper, yet I felt most couldn't. I became even more... Avid stereotyper. I grimaced at anyone driving a Ford car, the John Wayne of automobiles. I hated men who wore plaids, felt ill if someone mentioned a wrench or a tool. And when my mother-in-law bought a, a Vichy, my son, a coverall with footballs on it, I shoved it into the depths of the closet never to be found. This guy's got some serious <laughs> fucking issues. They mentioned like, like, oh, I bought your son. Your son. Yeah. Some bed sheets with like footballs on it. He'll love it. No. He's not allowed. To put it My in- niece and nephew won't sleep at my fucking grandparents' uh, grandparents' place in the bed if it's, it's if everyone's got fucking like boy shit on it. Yeah. She won't sleep in the bed and Liam has yeah. just got girl shit on it. It's <laughs> like, I'm not sleeping in this. This is disgraceful, Grandmama. Oh, amazing, right? Uh, it wasn't as if I'd grown up with a negative example as fatherhood. I think I think you did. I think you did, I think yeah. you did buddy. Yeah. Uh, my dad was an interior decorator working 60 hours a week at the family business. Outwardly, my father filled the role of the man in the house, but inside my mum made the most of the family decisions. No, no, it, it sounds like your dad was the dad of the house. He went to work and provided for everyone and your mum 
cleaned up and maybe bought groceries. Uh-huh. That's that's what it sounds like to yeah. me. Yeah. She didn't make the family decisions. He did. He was like, I need to work to to provide five for this for family. This family. Yeah. He, he's like, you stay home, take care of the eight kids we're having. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, my father was never afraid to blur boundaries. I was hugged frequently and I told I love you. He too despised sports but love watching Hallmark movies with my with my mum. No man likes to watch Hallmark movies. He was doing that to get laid. That That's how yeah. you have another ch- child yeah. or you're like, you know what? I can't be bothered fucking fighting and I'm too tired from my 60 hours a week I'm working from the company I run. And I can probably doze off. I could probably just relax yeah. and not be bothered and yeah. she can, she'll be happy that I sat with her. After his employees started selling home manicure sets as a side hustle, my father's been like sitting in my counter beautifying his nails. I'm going to admit, I do that too. Because I, I like to keep my nails looking good. Mm-hmm. Something, and also, as a guitar player, you sort of need to keep your nails... You're going to keep your nails good. Nails right? nice. Uh, I, I don't know how much more you want to go through. There's a whole bunch more. But this Holy is like a, this is a fascinating, fascinating guy. In many ways, I was an extension of my father pushing... A Where the fuck did you find this? Oh, on the internet. Why is he writing? Further pushing... What? Hang on. Where? What blog? Is this a blog? Is this a new... Where, where did you get I can't this? even remember where I got this from. Oh, my God. I heard it some other podcast talk yeah. about it. I had to bring it in. Right. Um, once my son could walk, I paraded him through the park while he rolled his baby doll down the sidewalk in its stroller. I felt accomplished because he mirrored being a caretaker. He didn't he didn't know what was happening. It's like he's only two now. He didn't know that he was rolling a baby. He just was holding on to something and walking. And walking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the thrill of I'm pushing something. How good's this? Yeah. I'm doing oh, it's like a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> but then how's this? <laughs> the kid's probably thinking, I'm yeah, mowing, I'm, I'm mowing doing the concrete. Brr, here we go. And then But then came the tractors. <laughs> it's like a, like he saw gore porn or something, you know, and oh. got right into it, you know. Uh, it started on YouTube. On days I felt especially drained, you know, being a stay-at-home dad, I'd sit with my son in front of the television and click on Little Baby Bum. He fl- he fell in love with the tractor songs and I was so worn I didn't care when he asked to watch clips of construction equipment. I mindlessly pressed play, but when he demanded the shirts, I felt like I failed him. I prided myself on blurring gender lines I wanted to him him to do so also. I had made my ch- had to make a choice: buy him clothes with pictures of heavy machinery on them and make the kid happy. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> or force him to wear shirts emblazoned with fairy animals to please me. <laughs> this guy. Many many years of therapy. <laughs> this guy. This guy. No, this guy just needs to be like, just needs a dad to tell him, fucking. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll be this man's dad. Hey, dad, watch my son wants to wear tractor shirts. I'll let him wear them. <laughs> why, why are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> what does your son like wearing? Tractor shirts? I'll just let him wear them. You know, he'll he'll be fine. He's allowed to like tractors <laughs> and construction equipment. Um, as is the, as this this guy, everything he writes, it just gets worse. As the supposed heir to my family business, I stock shelves and mixed paint throughout my teenage years. But my father acted as if the job ran uh, in our family veins. So he never gave decent direction of how to do any aspects of the gig. Nothing came naturally to me and my father stared over my shoulder as I worked frustrated because I measured window treatment dimensions differently than he would. My body spiraled into panic any time I attempted manual labour. 
I get it. That's like, hey, Dad, like, maybe it, uh, I'm not, like, a builder. That's fine. Yeah. But... <laughs> I don't like building shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I love it. Like, I never used to like it, but now that I own my own house and I can fix shit, it's fucking great. Because I deal with... Like it's something so thrilling it's about... Just a, it's just the... Fit, you know what? I'm sure you're the same. I love getting a chainsaw. Yeah. And just, like, chainsawing shit. The day before my wedding... I was, I painted Jess's work. Yeah. And then I repaired the fence <laughs> with my dad. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and I'm like, just, just the whole time. I was like, you're going to get injured and then get married the next day. I'm like, I don't, nah, I'll be fine. Yeah. This is great. This is good. Like, oh, I'm going to, I thought next day I'd be a bit stiff. I'll be fine. <laughs> That's all right. I'll walk down the aisle. Gonna, um, I left for college. I swore I'd never hang a picture again. My father accepted I wasn't into taking over the store, but he tried to push me towards degrees that were felt real rational. He made it clear that my passion for art was just a hobby, not a career. So I enrolled in the computer science program, which was a business program. It took me years of faltering before I, my father gave up on directing me. And something clicked in him and, so, and he began supporting me and following my passions. After then, I discovered exactly what I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be a stay-at-home dad uh, as a father. Although I like to believe my special little guy... Because uh, uh, I'm a special guy, because I'm a stay-at-home dad who breaks through gender boxes, I'm not an anomaly. Uh, in his time, my father refined what it meant to be a man, and today's generation is pushing it further. My father increasingly taking over previously gendered roles, including cleaning, grocery shopping, and cooking. Uh, no, every like at least our, our parents, our dads. I'm assuming this guy has to be roughly our age, right? Mm, mm. Uh, my dad cleaned and, and cooked and yeah. drove us around. Yeah. I, I, that's this is what normal. Happens. <laughs> Especially that you to... need to clean and do shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I, I've diffi- I've had difficulty understanding my son's interest in tractors. And at first, I tried to nudge him towards videos about... Uh, video Towards different videos and clothing. This is the thing, right? If you asked your parents, Turch... Yeah. Your dad would have had dreams and aspirations of his own and your mum would have had dreams and aspirations of your own. Yeah. And secretly, they would have hoped that at some point you would have followed their dreams and aspirations. Well, my mum still wants my brother to be a teacher. Right. But at some point, they also realise, oh, fuck, we actually... Ha- I haven't created a 100% identical no. mini version of me. My child has their no, actually my, own dreams and aspirations. My dad was... Like I said, my dad migrated here and he's like, I want to give... My son could do whatever he wants, but I'm going to give him all the opportunities. My dad wants, wanted to learn how to play guitar. That's why I played guitar. My dad always wanted to play sport as a kid. And that's why I played soccer and golf and, you know, gymnastics. That's why I did all those as a kid. Mm. And my dad still wants to learn how to play guitar and do all that sort of stuff. But he's like, you know, I'm past, like, that, that time's past, you know. But I can do it. So he's like, oh, I'm glad that you could do it. But I'm also glad, you know... When everyone like, said, I'm going to do accounting, people were like, that's fucking weird, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but, you know, it, I can do shit with it. What repressed memories and shit do you have to do accounting? <laughs> uh, wanting to be in the mafia but be useful. Ah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, like in, uh, in uh, what's it called? Uh, Goodfellas? No, no, Goodfellas. Uh, Godfather. Uh, Godfather. Godfather. He's like, I don't need... Uh, muscle men I need lawyers <laughs> like oh, I'm not smart enough to be a lawyer <laughs> but I, I think I can do the numbers you can do the numbers yeah that's mm. right this guy uh, last little paragraph here I started taking joy in his joy he radiated 
He radiates when wearing shirts and emblazoned with diggers and dozers and excavators. Uh, at three and a half years old, he can name a dozen different types of tractors. And uh, he makes up quasi-gibberish stories about tractors, sings songs about him. Together, we clean the living room. He uses tractors to put his toys away. Sometimes my dad comes over and we drive tiny plastic machinery from room to room. My son beams, my dad beams, and I beam too. So this guy's just gone... He's three and a half. He loves tractors. At four and a half, he'll love something else. Yeah. And at five, he'll love I, something else. I've watched, I've watched like, just my, uh, Jess's nephew the whole way through. And at the beginning, you know, just whatever's there. And eventually, he's like, I really love dinosaurs. I really love animals. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And now he's really into cars. Mm-hmm. And... And then a year's time, he'll... he'll, he'll be, he'll, there's something else. Yeah. He'll put all the car. He'll be into Lego or uh-huh. something like that. Yeah, and then Beyblades. Yeah. And then Pokemon. And then whatever's, like, popular in the, in the, the school ground. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm marbles. Gonna... Marbles? Nah, 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 it's the marbles anymore, are they? I don't know. There was a marble craze when I was in primary school. I don't remember a marble craze. Really? I didn't know how to play marbles. Uh, and I didn't know how to do Pokemon, and I didn't do very well. Like, I basically lost everything. Yeah, well. It's like, it's like the, the school ground was the casino, <laughs> and I was like, red. And it's like, and you've lost. Yeah, well, you know. And Did you have fun, though? I had no idea what I was doing. Well, did you have fun? No. No, well, I don't know. Then. <laughs> no. And then I went back to playing Tiggy. Good, good, good call. Yeah. You got some more news? I, I do. Oh. I think I've got one more story. Two more articles for you, Titch. Oh. What do you got for me? Um, so that was a longer article than usual, but the whole way through, the more I read it, the more I had to bring it in for the, your psycho, psychoanalysis. And that guy, <laughs> like, imagine being so... Im- so um like uncomfortable with your own identity like not even your own identity just anything being related to hating your dad that much he's a person that's also got to stop listening to the fucking media oh yeah and this whole masculine narrative masculine like you know we've just got amber heard who's shitting in johnny depp's bed and uh what's what's the one uh will smith's or jada plinkett smith like beating the shit out of will smith and abusing him and cheating on him. Like, women can be bad too. <laughs> Porn MP. Did you hear about this last week? A uh, British MP was found looking up porn yeah. in Parliament. Great, I don't care. Porn MP Neil Parrish may have been looking for a class dominator tractor, allies suggest. Speaking of tractors, <laughs> <laughs> is this kid all grown up? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is that not just. Like, he was literally found with porn on his laptop in Parliament. No, 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 no. Spokesperson. He was looking up tractors in Parliament. Oh, uh, is there photographic evidence that there was porn? The MP claimed he was searching for tractors when he ended up viewing pornography, but has not explained how he made the leap. It's, oh, I think, uh, excuse me, do you know what Rule 34 is of the internet? Oh, you can find everything. Yeah, yeah. If, there's, if something exists, there's a porn, porn of it. Porn of it, yeah. yeah. All you would have had to go is girl riding tractor and turn the safe <laughs> search off. And I guarantee there would be some porn. Constituent riding tractor. Yeah. Constituent riding two tractors. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, MB has been forced to quit after watching pornography in the House of Commons. We may have been searching for a class, C-L-A-A-S, Dominator Tractor. So there you go. He tr- types in Dominator. 
Tractor gets porn. Oh, Dominator Tractor. Let's have a look. Uh, he said, The situation was that I, funnily enough, it was tractors I was looking at, and so I did get it into another website that has a very similar name, and I watched it for a, for a bit, which I shouldn't have done. Well, see, if I type in this... <laughs> Mr. Parrish added that his biggest crime was that he went in a second time to view the website. Uh, I, I'm going to put out there, I tried to look up Dominator Tractor, yeah. but now it's just articles about this guy. Uh. <laughs> so now, now he's covered himself up. Yeah. That's some great Google bombing. That's some great uh, SEO. That is actually, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty clever. Yeah. It's well, like, oh, no, 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 uh, do- Dominating Tractors. Dominator Tractor. That's what I was searching. <laughs> Do you remember the thing where you used to post a giraffe on your Facebook page? I don't remember, Do you remember that. that? Oh. No, I never did any of those. It was like giraffes having set. I can't even remember what it was. I don't remember. I didn't do any of those, like post something to to show, you know, that you you like this or, or... Same as those ribbons. I never got into any of that sort of stuff. Oh, Kieran, see, I know that you're eventually going to be running for council. Ah, thank you. And I feel like this would be an issue that you... We're going to fix the bins. Yep. Going to fix the traffic lights. <laughs> and the lifeguards are going to get new flags. <laughs> Such good... Thank you. Th- uh, I'll take 10% of your earnings uh, <laughs> for that one, that idea there. I'll, I'll bring up some more ideas. Um, yeah. But here's one for you. What would you do in this situation? There's a fight to save a 3 a.m. kebab... Uh, after council says they're not in the public interest. How's this? A 3am kebab is not in the public interest? Fancy restaurants may come and go, but in the Sydney Food Hall of Fame, few establishments are more iconic than Paddington's Indian Home Diner. Mm-hmm. For at least a decade, Robert Chowdhury has dispensed the ultimate late-night feed for revelers. A thick, carby naan kebab stuffed with potato cheese and an indian curry of your choice this man should be allowed to operate this man is sobering up so many individuals he's done so well uh, bringing up minority groups in in mm-hmm. our country uh health food it ain't but it's a magical at soaking up the booze handily located in oxford street near the unicorn hotel the diner's perfectly placed pit stop on the way home to all eastern suburbs after a big night but now that's all been put to win it a month ago. The council has rejected Cherry's bid, officially e- extending his trading hours to 3am on Friday and Saturday nights. It appears the diner has been operating until 3am in breach of its DA conditions without an issue for years. But the DA refusal notice mentioned the kebab joint could have an adverse impact upon the acoustic and visual privacy of neighborhood neighboring lands and declared the provision of late-night sustenance was not in the public interest and is unknown if the council received complaints about the noise. The council warned Chowdhury that if he was to continue to stay open too late, he would be fined. Amazing. You know, if he was in my suburb, where I'm going to run, his bins would be fixed. His bins would be fixed. Um, And I'm not going to fix the bins... Unless he can open up longer than 3am. Well, there's a big the big thing. Uh, Bondi Lines, a popular Instagram page that provides punters with real-time updates on the vibe and cues at pubs and clubs. These episodes 
regularly features his this guy's place, Indian Home Diner, as a venue, as a good feed. Uh, on Wednesday night, the page posted about the diner's plight and launched a petition, an online crowdfunding campaign to help compensate IHD for its lost revenue. It's And this is the description. How is this? It's handcrafted Indian cuisine made with love you can taste makes the premier late night food hub in the world. Almost, uh, although most famous for its number five garlic cheese naan kebab with aloo chop. It's more than just a restaurant. It's a community. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The business was hit hard enough by COVID, he says. But even uh, and even though I haven't been to the Unicorn in a while, even though high, even I know that Indian Home Diner is a treasure," uh, said the Liberal MP over there. Um, so there you go. So save, say they re- the government really does not care about small business. It's a shame. This is why I'm going to run for council, Church. Yeah. Because once we fix the bins and the traffic lights, and the lifeguards have new flags. We can get on with our jobs. We can get on with the kebab shop on yeah. every corner. Yeah. I, I'll never... Uh, the fact that there is regulations about serving food... If you've got a business, you should... And I will accept his bribe every week <laughs> on Fridays. I wouldn't even need his bribe. I just let people do what they want. Uh, no, no, no. You, you know what? Are you smart enough to build a nuclear power plant? No. Well... But if someone was smart enough, would you let them do it? Oh, probably. Well, if they, because of course they, of course they would, because they're smart enough to do it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. The point is, Church, I'm going to make Lavender great. You're going to make Lavender great again? No, it's just great. <laughs> okay, it was never great. <laughs> There's no again. It's just great. I'm going to make Reservoir acceptable. <laughs> Get it to some level of standard. Oh, you got any more? Uh, Last one. Man whose penis just dropped off onto the floor grew a new one on his arm. Oh, (laughs) thank you, Mr. Garrison. (laughs) Boys, boys, have you seen my penis? Malcolm McDonald, 47, (laughs) revealed that after suffering a blood infection, his genitalia just dropped off onto the floor. In order for it to be replaced, he had to undergo a transplant for his former penis. For McDonald, this meant having to grow it on his arm for the past six years. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's how long puberty takes. The $50,000 NHS funded creation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Okay, continue, continue. Um, was due to be placed on his groin, but a lack of oxygen meant it was instead grafted on his arm. How is that? That's amazing. That's really good news for all trans people that want to revert back. That is, yeah. Because that means like you can regrow your dick on your arm. It might not be exactly the same, but at least you can regrow your dick on your arm. At science. It's pretty amazing. I know. And the cost of taxpayers fifty thousand dollars. Fifty grand. That not fifty thousand pounds. Oh, okay, that's like a, that's a hundred k. Hundred k, yeah. That does you know, that doesn't seem like a lot of money. Like we can't like a a heart surgery, like mm. heart transplant. I think would probably cost that much. I've got no idea. You know, I, I don't know why, but it feels like that's how much a heart, heart transplant. Surgery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, heart like pay the surgeons or insurances, the time with the like, hospital stay, hospital staff, all, all that stuff. sort of yeah, stuff, yeah, recovery, yeah. all that sort of thing. 
about 100k. But to, like, you lose your penis and they regrow you a brand spanking new one. On your arm. On your arm, yeah. But you get it back. It's not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, my question is, does that mean he's now a virgin again? Oh, good question. Because is I it... I want to... Can, can you ask how long you want it? Can you design your own how, penis? How long can it grow? Yeah. <laughs> or does it drop off when it's done like a piece of fruit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, quick, get into a glass of ice. Let's get into the... Like, you know when you chop off your yeah, finger yeah. and you can you sort of like reattach it if it gets... Is it like that, where you have to get into the hospital really quick? No, this is a good question. Mm. Good question. I'm not a science man. I'm just, a, I'm just, I'm just asking questions. You're just a man who wants to know how much plastic is in his penis. That's what I really want. Microplastic. Yeah. Microplastic in my uh, macro penis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and with that, Kieran, I think we're going to wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, for all your wanking needs, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We've got a Discord now. Do we? We've got a Discord. I don't even know what Discord is. Yeah. I'm that old. Well, you sh- we should get on it because yeah. we should do that. I'm trying to promote it. I don't know how. I don't know what we're going to use it for. That's how we talk. I talked to Teresa when I was on uh-huh. her show, Bad Poet Society. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing we should probably have one. I don't okay. know what to do with it. But uh, find us on Discord as well. But if you'd like to send us some hate mail, uh, I actually, uh, on Discord, I did set up a thing where people can uh, submit their own rants. Oh, I'll cool. check that every so often. Um, but if you'd like to send us some hate mail, death threat, or rant, obviously Discord's a place, but obviously you can email us at we only do one take podcast at gmail.com and give us some reviews. Give us some reviews on iTunes, on Spotify, Facebook, wherever you want to review us. Give us the five star. And then shit all over just, us. Just, just give us the worst review ever. Because that'll be fun. That'll be Not the other way around. Don't do one star and then really... And then promote us. Promote us. That's terrible. Yeah. Give us a five star. Just like uh, Dennis Rodman says. <laughs> Kieran, always good to have you in the studio. Uh, good to be here. Can't wait for Ruckus and we'll see you next Thursday. Oh, here's one for you. Quick mm. one. Mm. I had to do a presentation at work. Ooh, okay. And it's like, oh, you know what you got to do? I can, I can, I, I know exactly how this presentation went. You got up. Yeah. That was a Zoom one. Okay, you're in Zoom. The quarter four budget says blah, blah, blah.